When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everybody and welcome to the 83rd episode of the highest rated Nuggets podcast in English among those hosted from the city of Pantrevo, Serbia. Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Mirostav Cuk and it is the All-Star Weekend, baby. Is there anything better to do than watch all the events from Indianapolis? Yeah, almost all the other things are better than that. But if you have, if you are scrapping for some Nuggets content today, uh, you kind of came to the right place. We will, in fact, speak about the Nuggets for several minutes today. No usual long monologue from me today. I'll just let my guests monologue in unison for me, if that's not an oxymoron. First, the undisputed king of Nuggets trivia, the Nuggets game show champion for 2023, calling from Tampa, Florida. It's it's Wade. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Miroslav. Thanks for having me. Appreciate did, did the I, intro. Did I mess that up? You're calling from Tampa? Uh, technically, close enough, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm with the in-laws for the weekend, so. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, well, it's it's closer than Los Angeles, I guess. So that, oh yeah, that, definitely. I should be fine. Okay, so I'm guessing you don't need any prep for these kinds of shows since you don't watch the games. You only read the spreadsheets, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm just a box score watcher. You know, I don't. I don't. I haven't watched a game in a good ten years, probably. <laughs> Okay, next, also a finalist uh, in the 2023 Serbian Corner Game Show. He is a producer, a director, an actor, a brilliant comedian. I urge everybody to check his Funny or Die bit from some seven years ago. It's on YouTube. Also, a Nuggets diehard, it's Mr. Andy Jewett, uh, appearing on the screen for the third time tonight because I'm a bad producer. What's up? Hey, everybody. Thank you. I'm in my beautiful guest room. Um, Got some visitors, so it looks like I'm coming to you from a Hampton Inn. But I assure you, this is my home. Um, A little bonus for like, I don't know if this will fuck up my connection, but if you want to know, so like better backdrop, that's where Christian Brown and Piwa and Strother live. Okay. And uh, yeah. So just a little nugget. We're in proximity to nugget greatness in the mountains, okay? So we are a stalker show today. That's 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 really cool. And I know you were <laughs> born ready, but how many hours did you take to prepare for this show? This is the least prepared I've ever been, uh, which is not a way to beat Wade. Wade is like, 
what's he like? He's like the Lakers before the Nuggets, and I'm like the Nuggets on the come up. Um, you know, he I, it can't be a rivalry because Wade always beats me in the last game. So <laughs> I'm just mostly I'm just excited for uh, you know the All Star Weekend festivities where they've got really great personalities like. Kendrick Perkins and Gilbert Arenas and, uh, you know, the guys who really know basketball, Richard Jefferson, they're all good. I can't wait for the handshake challenge brought to you by Chirardelli <laughs> chocolates. It's, I, I couldn't be more excited for the squat off between uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Detlef Shrimp. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Who's going to do more squats? I've got Detlef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's completely diverged in that in that direction. Last but not least, from the Four Corners Nuggets podcast, an archer, a bowler, a dog whisperer, and one of the tallest Nuggets fans outside of Serbia, it's Ravon Ray Haksha. Ray, are you ready to rumble? You're muted. You are muted, so you're not ready to rumble. <laughs> maybe, maybe try to unmute yourself yeah i'm actually now i'm ready see that's that's the difference one this one thing um but yeah i'm super excited to be here i have been uh meditating on the last couple of weeks just trying to find some peace andy i do have a question there's not like a telescope in the other corner of your room is there over here or over here i don't know i mean Oh, 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 you mean like to, to like check out everybody? No, I was just walking my dog the other day and mm. I saw Christian Brown just drive in there. And then I saw P. Watt on the DMVR podcast. He's like, oh, we all live in the same building. I was like, oh, I put two and two together, guys. Dope. So that, that's all that's going on. I was yeah. just trying to show you that I do have a better background. I just can't access it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just be like a shadow, like anonymous, and you'll only see the sun. Yeah, that's that's right. That's and you, you're a pros pro. You know you don't want to have any back. Yeah, this is a pro setup, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can relate. There's some Nuggets sh contraband shirts here for the people visiting, and it's great. Okay, so before we get to the ruthless brawl, this battle for the title of the MVP of the All Star Game show, uh, let's dive in a bit into what we've seen in Milwaukee and against the Kings this week. I hope I won't bother you for that, with that for too long. So in Milwaukee, the Nuggets had all of their guys, except for Jay Huff, who didn't play due to coach, coach's decision, and the laden egg, the size of four Aretokumpo brothers combined. In the first half, Nuggets starters, uh, whose last name does not rhyme with Okic, combined for 2 of 18 from the field and that was enough for the 16 point lead for the hosts at the half to be fair both jamal and kcp left the game after first half due to injuries so wait that was their second consecutive blowout loss what were your thoughts during the carnage and and right after it um my first thought was uh it's they're 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 a little banged up. Um, they're they're defending champions. You know, it's the regular season, so I think that they've not not bored with success, but they're kind of just waiting to have something to really play for. You would think that they would get up to play a team like the Bucks uh, coming into town, but um, I guess not. So I'm just going to chalk it up to 
you know, they're waiting for something uh, more meaningful. Andy, do you have a different view? No, I'm, I'm with I'm with Wade. I think even since the earliest versions of this team, like where they realize that they're pretty good when they really coalesce and play really hard and play good defense and all those things, they, they sort of have always gotten bored in the late December through February portion of the season. And it's been sort of a theme and even limping into the playoffs a couple times where they're just like, can we just please get to the playoffs? So I think it's pretty typical. I did the things that I liked from the last two weeks was the Lakers game could have been like a bloodbath. It was Kobe night, all that stuff. And that was, that was like four games ago and they got up for that and they dominated or then they didn't dominate, but they looked ready to play and the environment was intense. And then Kings, Bucks, Kings, they just, they kind of looked like they didn't care. I thought it was really weird that Malone played KCP the last two games. Didn't seem necessary at all. It's like, just shut them down till after the all-star break, let things heal, let 30 whatever year old players relax. But um, I'm not, I don't think the sky is falling. I don't know how much more we're going to go into it because I have thoughts on it, but I, I just also think probably have been wise to like rest a couple guys. Um, cause they're going to play the Kings again in like 10 days. It gets, it gets old. You, I mean, you have to play all these guys stacked up and you're sore as hell and you don't care as much about the games, but you've got to sort of get up for the games. I think. So, so Ray, I didn't watch this game live and it was mm -hmm. really difficult for me to make myself watch the entirety of it. Did you watch it live or what was your, impression? I did. I mean, technically I was there. Technically, I was looking at the screen. Mentally, checked out. Had to had to rewatch it again. Um, mentally, checked out again. Maybe had to do it a third time this morning. But um, here's what I've been thinking about, just in general, with that, with these sort of performances, is that I think there's a double-edged sword sometimes when you have a player who's as great as Nikola Jokic is. Uh, I think you see a similar thing sometimes with LeBron James. Even is that it puts a lot of pressure on the other guys to perform well offensively, but in a very narrow context where maybe they don't always feel that lover on takes you a ball, you got to make it, you got to shoot it, you got to do this particular thing. I think same thing with Jokic. And he's so great. You know, sometimes you just want to pass him the ball and get out of the way. <laughs> and that's usually fine until you lose a couple of starters and you need somebody to step up and maybe you want to put up more points outside of Jokic in the last, you know, 10 minutes of a game, uh, I think it just, there's a lot of um, people not being used to that and not having to, to be relied on in that way. So I think it's just something that you got to take the bad with the good there. I'm not sure if there's a solution. So Andy, do you have a theory on why Jokic shows up even in games like this one? Like he recorded eight assists even with that shooting night from his teammates. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he has that reputation for not caring or not liking basketball that I think any of the four of us know is completely dispelled. Like, he he he, he really does, when you're, like, that excellent and also when you're that much of an athlete, people don't give him credit for being athletic or having endurance or any of those things because he's not jumping out of the gym or, you know, he's not like Aaron Gordon or something. Um, but he wants to play every night. I think he do, he really does enjoy it. He'll do it until he's can't do it anymore. I think that's to me that's a good sign for us selfishly. But I think he he doesn't want to go to Milwaukee and get his ass kicked by Giannis at all. 
he doesn't want to he doesn't want to lose to Malik Monk and Sabonis. He, you know, he wants to play now. I the to me it's the only thing that's concerning is is like the lack of focus by some of the other guys is a little weird. And even the young guys who, you know, we'll talk about the bench, I'm sure, but like like CB and Piwat and all those guys have incredible games and incredible upside. And at times they're like, holy shit, I can't believe we have these guys. And if you really watch those games, like they even if they get four rebounds in their 10 minutes, like they're not crashing the glass. They're not, there's a handful of things they're not doing. They're definitely defending with blocks and, re, you know, hustling in other ways, but they're not, it feels very, to me, like those guys feel a little settled in. And I'd like to see them go like what Malone did with Piwat in the early part of the season where he was like, this isn't like promise to you. You need to like bust your ass or you'll be Zeke, <laughs> you know? And I don't mean that negatively towards Zeke because I want Zeke to work out also, but I just feel like there's just this lull and, and the Nuggets have always been this team that just can't wait to play when it matters. Cause when it matters, Jamal Murray has 30 points, you know, MPJ, you know, hustles his ass off and does more than just score and play. He plays good defense and he rebounds. And so I can't wait to get to that part of the season. And I think like Jamal is a great example of someone who after this break will feel more shot out of a cannon for six weeks. And then right before that, the April, he'll lull it all off, and then the playoffs will come, and then they'll be fucking shot out of a cannon again. <laughs> Ray, uh, Ray, it's like the 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 contrast between Jokic and the other guys was so stark in this game. I'm not saying that Jokic had a great game. He had a you know pretty usual Jokic game over there. Maybe maybe like like a. Uh, B plus Jokic game, but it's just I, and it, it connects to the to the other part is like these guys are real pros, real 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 pros. Like these guys, all of them are top five hundred players in the world. Like some of them way higher than that, of course. But but I I really feel these guys are undisputedly all top five hundred players in the world, and yet. You get like two of eighteen in the first half. How how is that possible? A lot of those shots were just wide open and nothing. Yeah, I, I would have to say some part of it is just rhythm and practice. Where are these shots that you're usually getting in the normal circumstances of a Nuggets game for some of those guys? I think for Justin Holiday, for example. He's not usually closing games. You know, that's not usually a thing he's doing. Um, and I think the same is going to be true for Christian. The same is going to be true for Peyton Watson. Some players, I think, are so uh, seasoned that that inconsistency, sorry, inconsistency doesn't really bother them. Like, I think KCP is, is very much in that way, that he could take five shots a game and he can still hold himself at a pretty high efficiency rate even without touching the ball all the time. But um, I think especially for young players who I think are going to feel a lot of that pressure, like I need to make this shot or people are going to boo me or I might, you know, get not that many minutes next night or whatever it might be. Um, I think guys who aren't as just rooted in their, their belief in themselves as, you know, sticking in the NBA, I think it's harder for them. So so wait did, did this game look to you like like the 
the is it John Travolta coming into the room and like everything is there's nothing around him? <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but I think that's part of why Jokic does show up to these games is like he I don't think he cares so much about the win. I think he cares about okay, like this is an opportunity for like I need you to believe in yourself when I pass you this ball that you're going to get this shot, you're going to make this shot. And I don't think he really cares like I said, if they win or if they miss or whatever, he just wants to get people accustomed to making the right plays, even if it is the John Travolta meme of like, where's everybody? That's okay right now. He just wants to find them two months from now, three months from now. Yeah, I, I might have already spoiled one of the questions. Maybe John Travolta will appear in, in the rest of the show. Probably not, but who knows? A little Pulp knows? Fiction, maybe? The answer yeah. is Papa John Travolta. <laughs> I I, I, just, I, just, I just want to mess. Can I bank mess that with answer you. for twenty minutes from now? Okay. Yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see. So wait, what do you think? What is there a better meme maybe to describe what happened in Milwaukee? Um, ah, that's just put me on the spot. A better meme. Sorry. Um, I mean that, that's I mean that one's pretty. It's pretty spot on. Um, you know, you show up and you're. You know, you're you're putting on and doing what you have to do, and it's, it's the the results aren't there from from your supporting cast. But but like Ray said, I think Jokic is all about like the process of things and setting guys up and like just conditioning them to possibly be in those moments when they you know when it really really matters. Um, you know, if, if we lose a game to the Kings or to the Bucks now, but those reps that you know P. Watt's getting or Christian Brown's getting, you know that that could pay off. Um, you know, when the time comes, because they, they'll, they'll be more conditioned to being in those situations and the stakes would be a little bit higher. So hopefully like they don't fall, you know, victim to that, that pressure, but it's somewhere that they've been before um, in a way. And, and, and it's cool to see that Jokic still trust his teammates and he didn't try to just go bully ball and, you know, try to go for 50. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good meme for it, but I, I, I don't think he's, uh, confused by it or anything i think he kind of just understands like you know they're they're just not there yet or the consistency is just not there yet but it, it'll come yeah Let's Let's follow, can go. i ask a follow-up of course you know so do you guys ever feel like you know sometimes it feels like Jokic shows up to a game in second gear but for him second gear is still amazing it's still 20 25 points 10 15 rebounds 10 assists what have you that other guys on the team, uh, Amir Slav, maybe you want to answer this. Other guys on the team show up and maybe also feel like they sh can be in second gear. And yes. just for them, second gear is not, it doesn't hit the same. Yeah. And I think, I think that's especially true on the road. I think at home, we're like, you know, 21 and six or whatever it is. And you go there and it's like, everybody feels comfortable. Everybody knows what they need to do. They're locked in. They come out of that tunnel ball arena. It's a really hard place to play. When you go to like Milwaukee, you know, they're 22 and six or whatever they are at home or 21 and seven or something that like, you know, Brooke Lopez is in the right spot. Pat Connaughton off the bench is not doing a ton of offense, but he's distributing the ball on the break and hitting a three. And like those other teams, like Miroslav said, like everybody in the whole league is the top, whatever hundred players in the world. And if you're not like ready to go, you need to get up for Milwaukee on the road. You need to get up for a Kings game on the road. Cause like that's their house. And I do feel Ray, like 
sometimes, yeah, like I, I saw them come out of the tunnel. I feel like it was at the Kings game, and I instantly knew I was like, they're gonna lose. Jokic looked focused, and everyone else was like grab assing and whatever. And not that my playing days are any indication, but when we came out of the tunnel like that, <laughs> it was like, oh, we're not just gonna lock in once the whistle blows. The, the ball tips. It's like you need to be locked in, or you're gonna get L's in this league. Yeah, let's let's take a short break, and then we'll just uh, run quickly through the Kings game before we get to the to the real meat of the show. Don't go anywhere. Okay, so versus the Kings, we got a perfect preview on Locked On Nuggets where Matt Moore predicted the Nuggets winning comfortably, you know, since the Kings were on the second night of the back-to-back, while Adam Maris was curbing his enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> the Nuggets played great, considering their starting backcourt was out, had a sizable lead at the half, kept it through most of the third quarter, and then they let the refs get under their skin, conceded two technical fouls in a row, and lost the big lead. They were up four, two minutes before the end, but then Harrison Barnes made a tough three. MPJ got the three-pointer you want, missed it. Then they tried something different, Justin Holiday taking shots you don't want, but he still missed them. So you know, also bad process, bad results. And on the other end, the sub-all-star level star, Darren Fox, made 10 straight points, so the Nuggets lost a third consecutive game. Wade, you can blame the shooting variance for this loss. It felt like only dunks and layups were going in for the champs. But was there something else that rubbed you the wrong way, especially in the fourth quarter? Um, I, yeah, I think it was just a, a matter of they just didn't... It just didn't seem like they wanted to really win the game. Like they were just just trying to get to the finish line. Um, you know, I think they were thinking about whatever vacations they had planned uh, <laughs> coming up this weekend. Um, I, mean, I mean, you know, starting the game off, you know, they had that energy, but typically you see that when teams are missing a couple of guys that you know they kind of rally around them. Um, but then a team like Sacramento, they're pretty decent in the fourth quarter, especially De'Aaron Fox. Um, like he he lives for those kind of moments mm -hmm. when his team is down. So I think it's it's variance, and then it's just a matter of like. I think they just didn't really want to be there. Um, that, that, that's what it just looked like. You know, it just didn't feel like the team that we've seen over the past, you know, ex with the exception of this week, going back three to four weeks prior to that, you know. So um, that's that's what I look at it for. So, so, Ray, do you think the Nuggets were surprised by the level of intensity the Kings showed in the fourth quarter and not, you know, conceding a loss after a good game by the Nuggets? I don't think they were surprised because I think, honestly, I think most teams on a night-to-night -night basis are bringing their best against Denver. I think they kind of, they feel that, I'm sure. But with that lack of, I don't know, I want to call it desperation, but there was a time when they hadn't done almost anything and just making the playoffs was like everything for them. And they were a lot hungrier, you might say. And it's not to say that winning a championship and having that level of confidence is intrinsically wrong. But, you know, sometimes it's a Wednesday night in the regular season and they have the killer instinct of a vegetarian. 
Yeah. yeah and, they, I feel yes, like sorry. they just, I feel like they just went to the, like mentally when they came out of that tunnel and I was like, Oh, we're going to lose. It was like, it felt like to me out of the gate, like they, you know, they're probably good for a first quarter and they were like Justin holiday came out and contributed right away and all that stuff. But to put it together four quarters right before a break, you know, you're about to go on like winter break at school or whatever, <laughs> you know, you sort of, you can get caught up in checking out. And to Ray's point, when everybody's biggest game of the week is your team, you know, if you're going out there already shorthanded without Jamal and KCP, and that's a different vibe than Reggie and Justin Holiday and whatever. And they're all good players. And by the way, Reggie's obviously been solid most of the season and all that. But the closing of fourth quarters, it's like they're at home. That's their house. They've got the beam. They've got the intensity of all these home fans and the loyal people that ostensibly the Kings are just a slightly smaller market version of the Nuggets. They've never really tasted any success either or limited and they they're, they're ready to have their day in the sun. And so they're going to bring it right before the all-star break because they know they can exhale. Whereas our guys, I feel like we're looking ahead. Uh, Wade, <clears throat> For the second game in a row, Colin Gillespie played over Jalen Pickett, which is strange considering Calvin Booth was all in on Jalen since he gave him three plus one deal this summer. If you were a betting man, would you bet on Michael Malone and Calvin Booth not being aligned there? Or maybe there's some stuff from the locker room that are the real reason for this. By the way, I don't remember Jalen being a preferred option to Colin at any point of this season. Um, I think yeah, maybe there could be. They're not aligned in, in what they what they're looking for as far as the future goes. Um, but maybe there is something that we just don't know behind the scenes, and Michael Malone's not going to speak to it. Um, you know, they're both little guards. Um, you know, Jalen's a little bit bigger in a way. Um, you know. It seems like, you know, you, you feel a little bit more comfortable when he is out there. Um, but I just think it's maybe a preference thing. Maybe it's just like the difference isn't enough for Malone to see. And he maybe just has a more trust for the guy that's been there, at least with the team, a little bit longer. So he's going to go with him. Uh, that, that's I don't think it's anything big or major because, you know, in the long run, you, you don't want to see those guys out. Well, right now, you don't want to see a rookie guard on the floor. Um you know, in the games that really matter. So, you know, hopefully if Murray is healthy and, and Jackson is is playing to the level that we expect and we don't have to worry about what that third string spot looks like. Um, but I think it's just a preference thing. Andy, what do you think? I think that it infuriates fans over the time over time to be like, oh, we waste we got this draft pick for this person. And so we need to play them. And when they see someone like Colin Gillespie, who they don't know as well there or whatever, they're just like not very patient with it. I think a strength and a weakness of Malone is he's really good about having chunks of the season where everybody gets a little playing time because he like we have, they are investing in these people and Colin Gillespie uh, like it or not. And I, for us, not even though Collins seems like a great player and all that, He's like, he's our only second representative at the All-Star game. He's been crushing it in the G League all year. So he's averaging 22 points a game in the G League. He's in fucking Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, busting his ass in obscurity. 
he was out a full year after, to be frank, when I saw him in the uh, summer league two years ago and he was going to be a rookie, I was like, holy shit, Colin Gillespie just got like 10 rebounds and he's like four foot 11. You know, as I was like, this dude hustles his ass off. He's a gamer, you know, but like to Wade's point about Justin holidays or like whoever else, like Gillespie or Pickett, like you can't really get in a rhythm and same thing for Zeke. You can't really get in a rhythm when you're out. You don't know when you're playing. And, you know, I think, you know, he wants to give the Hunter Tysons and the Pickets and the Gillespie's and the Huffs and Braxton Key and all these guys a little bit of minutes um, because they're developmental. And you never know, like maybe one of those guys has a key moment right before the playoffs that helps us get a higher seed or in the playoffs. But I just think he's like, you know, Gillespie's been busting his ass and he basically hasn't played all year. And he, and other than not being able to translate scoring into the NBA, he, his minutes look pretty good. He had it like some bad turnovers in a couple games, but like he's hustling his balls off. It's just, if any of those shots go in, all the Nuggets fans are like, oh, we got Gillespie for nine and 15 minutes. He's sick, you know, but since he had three, they're like, where's Jalen Pickett, you know? I don't. I don't think it's like a misalignment. I think it's hard to find minutes in on a guaranteed starting five superstar. You know, number one in the NBA starting five. I think it's hard the next six through twelve to find minutes for everyone. And I think Malone's trying was trying to give him some run before the All Star game. And to be frank, I don't think we'll see a lot of any of those guys the rest of the year. So, right? Uh, do you agree that Michael Malone maybe just wanted to to honor? Jalen Pick, uh, uh, sorry, Colin Gillespie for playing really good in the G League. Hmm. I, I think it's important to remember that there are always things in like a locker room dynamic that aren't purely basketball as well. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's seniority, some it's sometimes it's just the relationship that player has with a coach. Um, but as far as for Colin specifically, I'm okay with him playing. Like he's, I think he's solid enough. He's undersized, and I think any undersized point guard is kind of gonna be dependent on, uh, especially if they're not an elite athlete, dependent on um, like a pick and roll partner that I hope they find one day for uh, those backup minutes. But it's yeah. it's okay. I'm okay with it. I can let it go. So <clears throat> just to continue with you, Ray. You have the honor of answering the question we've seen on Nuggets Twitter a gazillion times in the My last week. Place. What is your concern level for the team right now? And what's <laughs> what's actually your uh, uh, prediction for how how they will look like when the break is, is finished? Um, my concern level out of like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest level of concern, I would say like a 4. None of the things in the regular season particularly on their own bothers me, but I do think because of the way they're approaching the regular season and that it's in theory doesn't matter, it's really all dependent on how the playoffs go. So what I'm really thinking about is what are some of the, how could this go wrong for Denver in the playoffs and what are those things that I'm looking at and worrying about? Um, and I would say the biggest thing is if there's any team out there that can somehow disrupt the two-man game, I wonder how Denver can adapt beyond that. 
So that's an if I'm, for me. If I'm not mistaken, the Nuggets have played 55 games so far. So they have what 27 games left. Wade, mm-hmm. without without looking at the schedule, Wade, what would you your uh, prediction for the outcome of these 27 games be? Like, how um, many wins would you expect on top of these 36 they already have? I would say, I would say like maybe like 18 and nine is how they how they finish out. 17 and 10, somewhere around there. Literally, um, what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes, somewhere like you know six to seven hundred percent or sixty to seventy percent um, winning for this point on. I haven't looked at the schedule at all. Um, yeah, but but that. You know, I don't care about the seeding, but if they can just finish winning convincingly more than they lose and just have some sort of momentum going into the playoffs, then I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you're so good at math because I put you on the spot there. Like, that's a 53-54 win pace, and they're actually on that pace right now. Andy, you have the scale introduced by Ray for the concern level. You have Wade's math, so... Play, play under those rules. I think uh, I think five out of ten. I think Ray's in the right range, and I think Wade was spot on. I think they're going to be seventeen and ten. And the interesting thing about that is their strength of schedule finally is not the worst in the league. It's actually kind of the most favorable. I think we come back this week. We play Washington, and then we play the Kings. And there's a handful of tough games. Um, between now and the end of eight, or, you know end of the season, and like finishing the season every year with Minnesota is so fun. Now the last game of the season is Minnesota again, so who knows what implications that'll have? Because that's like when they ramp up, and you're like, oh, this is like Jamal's like time to play. And by the way, I'm not shitting on Jamal. Jamal is incredible, but you know, you guys all know the rhythms of what we're talking about. Um, I'm not that concerned. I just feel the five out of 10, like this time last year, I was like eight out of 10, not concerned because you got Bruce, you got Jeff, you've got these other parts that were stepping up. We didn't even have Reggie yet. And you're like, I just felt viscerally more, less concerned. I don't think the sky is falling. The one thing I like about what Calvin Booth has done is he's trying to do a five to seven year look. So it's like, if we can somehow skate by and get to the Western conference finals and or the finals, with this young crew, then you Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Strother, all these dudes for the next three to four years have all this experience under their belt. And then when we go back to this again, then they're even more tested by metal. But like at the at the uh, trade deadline and these uh, buyout people, it's like signing Gallinari or DeLon Wright or any of these guys wasn't going to make a difference. So get like roll with your boys roll with basketball the nuggets way and count on them to show up when it matters and have that be the culture that i like Uh, i just don't feel as confident going into the playoffs as i did just because everybody else got better especially the east and so you know you just hope that they're gonna peak at the right time that the graph is going up into the left when it matters up into the right I loved your point about Calvin making a f- like a five five year projection with this yeah. team, even though they're already champions. 
and I mean that that speaks levels to the to the we don't skip steps. Like even though we're on the top of the mountain, we are still not skipping steps. We are still not doing crazy stuff with the roster, trying to force ourselves to be the champions, which is I must say a bit annoying to me. <laughs> but on the other side, we have a proof of concept made by San Antonio Spurs, who did the exact same thing. They they won like how many four championships in like eight years or whatever that was yes. and that's they never repeated and that's that's really impressive although they were the pioneers back then with you know scouting the whole world they had so many international players on their on their stuff and and coach pop is a super smart guy who befriended so many great coaches around the world so I'm guessing he he trusted their opinions when bringing guys to the states. So yeah, that, that that that's a really 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 great concept. But we are not gonna waste any more time on basketball. <laughs> F basketball. It's time for a break, and then when we return, we'll just get crazy with some with some games that are unusually crazy even for me. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay, we are back. We are back. And it is time to bring in the old graphic. So, battle for the MVP of the All-Star Game show. <laughs> so, before we start the actual game, this is going to be a bit difficult. I don't want... Because the first game, you can actually have a pretty significant... Um, um advantage if you choose first so or or you get the first shot at it so i'm gonna let you guys guess a number i have in my head between one and 20 and whoever is the closest to the one will get to be the first in the first game it's it's so whoever wants to to go first with their guess and then i will tell you who is the closest and i have it on paper by the way so i'm not gonna make make it up I go first. Yeah. 15. That's what I was going to pick. It is, of course, 15. (laughs) (laughs) But this is why Wade is a champion. He grabs his opportunity. So Wade knew that he needed to do it, uh, to do it right away. Yeah, of course, it is 15. And since (laughs) since I've started with the number 15, I'll ask you a question about the first all-star appearance of our God and Savior, Nikola Jokic in 2019. I will list 12 Nikola's teammates from that All-Star game. Yes, there were 12 teammates because this was the only All-Star game with 13 players on each team, if you remember. And your job is to list the guys you think played the least minutes for Team Yanis. So if you guess a guy with the least minutes played in that game, you will get 12 points, you know for the second least, 11, and so on. And don't worry, it's an easy game to warm up our fragile brains. I will show you all of the guys that appeared. So I'm not uh, uh, asking you to to remember who the guys were. So Damn. these are the 12 guys, and Wade will give his best uh, shot at who played the least minutes next to Nick. Nikola Jokic, by the way, played something like 19 minutes in this game. Not great, not terrible. So, wait, who played the least minutes? 
I'm going to go with Dirk as my first option. Yeah, this is why I said you really won the first place, <laughs> and the, the first shot at this game. That is correct, Wade. 12 points for you. Andy. Ooh, next, I'm going to go uh, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker? <laughs> he is seventh on this list. He actually played... 20 minutes and 20 seconds, and I believe he was a starter in this game. It was, that was the last time he was good. Because because look at this squad, guys. So LeBron was the other guy. Giannis was this guy. And LeBron just fleeced <laughs> Giannis on this, on this draft. So, yeah, Kemba Walker, I believe, was, was a starter, so he played more than 20 minutes. Ray. That's crazy. Okay, so I'm going to go with Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic is a great guess. He is number two with 11 minutes and 40 seconds for Ray. Back to Wade. I'm going to go with Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is not such a great guess. He's sixth on this list, seven points for you. He played almost 20 minutes in this game off the bench. Um, it's my turn, right? Yep. I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is a great guess. He is number four on this list, Andy. 12 minutes and 44 seconds. So, yeah, it's really hard to go back in time five years and just imagine how many minutes each of these guys Kem- Campbell played. Walker had knees. Yeah, and now he's playing in France. Ray. Mm, this is tough. I'm going to go with one Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is Giannis's buddy. He was the first pick uh, off the bench for Giannis. And he is uh, uh, number eight on this list, Ray. So five points for you. Okay. Fair. Back to Wade. We still gonna... need number, number three and number five. Yeah, I'm big, I'm big points. I'm gonna go with D'Angelo Russell. Yes, um, that's a great guess. That, that is a great guess. He played for only 12 minutes in this game. 10 points for Wade. Andy. Um, I'm actually gonna go with I'm gonna go with Paul George. Paul George played 25 minutes and 40 seconds, which is the third worst. In this <laughs> in this game, three points for you. Back to Ray. Bummer. Okay, then I'm gonna go with Russ, Russell Westbrook. Yes, Russ is number five. Ray, eight points for you. He played for less than 20 minutes, 19, 20, 19 minutes and 20 seconds. We are back to Wade. Just three more guesses. <clears throat> Don't worry. If you make a mistake, I will tell you that we already guessed that, guys. <laughs> okay. Um... I won't be an asshole more than usually. I'm going to go with the guy I hate the most in the NBA. Nah, I don't hate him the most, but uh, let's go with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid <laughs> is the best guess out of, out of the guys that are left. Four points for you, Wade. Yeah, 23 minutes and 11 seconds. Andy, okay, and then this two, is the... two, two guys left. Yeah, even though Giannis was the captain, this is the height of... Def. So there's only 
Those are the only two left. So I'm going to say Giannis played less than Steph. Yes, that's a good guess. And it ended two points for you. 27 minutes and nine seconds. So, Ray, you, you don't get to choose your last <laughs> vote. No? You, you're stuck with Steph Curry, who played for 29 and a half minutes. Uh, I'm just going to guess that Wade won this because he has 12 and 10 and 7 and 4 points. That equals a lot of points. That's 31. All right. Okay. What, do I, what do I have, Miroslav? Yeah, you have nine and six 15. and three and two. I, once again, okay. I have been uh, shut out, but I did win. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ray had, if, if you want to count again, so Ray had 11, eight, five, and one. So I'm going to go on a limb and, and say that, that Wade won this this game. Not not like super comfortably, but, but he did win this game. This is why he is the champion of the game show so far. But we'll see. What we, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, let's, let's take the last break and then we have two more games to play at the end of the show. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we are back. So the winner of first game is Wade. So his award is to start first in the second game, which might and also might not help him. So uh -oh. the game is called Slide. Oh, so this was the list. Ah, Jesus. Okay, doesn't matter. So you, it's, it's, let me try to do it. Yeah, so can I have your full name, sir slash madam? Shout out to Jokic Collector who made this wonderful graphic for this this game. So, Wade, uh, we, we all know how this game is played, but for the audience that hasn't watched the game show September last year, a quick explanation. We're going to make up some three-part full names by combining two persons' names where the last name of the first person is the same or sounds like the first name of the second person. I'm going to give you a maximum of three clues for both persons. And to understand the game better, here's an example. The first person is the guy who hit the side of the backboard in the clutch against the Nuggets. And the second guy used to be a lead singer for the pop group called Wham. So your answer will be Paul George Michael. That sounds like, like a character from, from Arrested Development, I think. Paul George Michael. So you will recognize quickly that there's a theme to all the answers today. That's that's all I'm saying, Wade. So let's start with the first combination. You will get the first try on each of the clues. So first clue. The first person was born in 1929 in Santa Lucia near Naples or Napoli in Italy or Italia. The second person was an all-star while playing for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> wow, playing for the Denver Nuggets. Oh, man. Yeah. So he was a Denver Nuggets all-star. And the first guy was born in 1929 in Santa Lucia near Naples in Italy. Yeah. I'm going to pass. Andy, any ideas? Oh, I mean, the Nuggets have only had like 10 or 15 All-Stars. So that That's narrows true. it down. But the, the Italy part, I'm trying to think. 
whose last name connects with the first name of a nugget, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the part that I'm having trouble with. Uh, I'm going to pass for this round. Smart. Ray? My mid-20th century history is not not up to snuff. I will also pass. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's oh, go to the second clue. Wade. Be, be patient, Andy. Wade, the first person was a professional swimmer and water polo player. The second person's character appears on the HBO show called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It's so messed up. I'm sorry. Guys. Yeah, this is a setup. This is, this is you know, luckily I was able to win the, the championship despite losing <laughs> every single time we played this game. That is true. That is true. And Andy was always the champion of these games. Unfortunately, it's never the last game. <laughs> yeah, I'm Why gonna, would I'm it gonna, be? I'm going to pass. <laughs> okay, Andy, any ideas? I, I, have a, I have a guess that I'll try. Okay. Because it feels right, but I, I'm struggling with the origin country and the water polo and swimmer part. Yeah. But I'm going to say Larry David Thompson. Uh, that is incorrect. I believe we already had that combination. Okay. All right. Last all right. Year. Yeah. But I'm kind of, you know, uh, I do have a lot of you know uh years on my passport so so it's possible that i will just <laughs> repeat something okay ray any ideas mm. from your side i have some theory about the back half but i'm still <laughs> same yeah okay, no, okay. let's let's wait for the third pass. and the easiest clue wait i'm not saying it's easy it's the easiest of the three so wait the first person starred in 18 films together with his movie partner, Terence Hill. The second person was an all-star in the ABA League in his only season on the Nuggets in 1970 as a rookie, but then became a four-time all-star with the Seattle, Seattle Supersonics. Oh, um, the name that I had in mind is no longer the Nugget. At this point, but then, yeah, well, actually, they should have been winning time. Wow, that's damn like ABA Nuggets. That is right, all star 1970. Yeah, last last Ooh. year of ABA Nuggets. Were they the they were they were the Rockets then? Yeah, no, I think I believe that's like the first the first season they've been called the Nuggets, I believe, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So it, and he was a rookie. He was a rookie, already an all star as a rookie. Well, it's ABA, so it's not that that hard. But look at the first part: eighteen films together with his movie partner Terence Hill. So this guy is not only a swimmer and water polo player; he's also an actor. Yeah, but born in nineteen twenty-nine, it sounds like he's an, an old actor. And my movie knowledge is very minimal, um, especially if we go past like the 90s um I, I have no idea i don't even know who terrence hill is like maybe if i seen a face i would know so i'm <laughs> yeah andy I feel yeah i'm just I i'm struggling you... on both yeah sorry go ahead 
I, I'm going to give you one more piece of help because I kind of think you're the only one here that might guess this because, because this is super hard. So Terence Hill, he is also an Italian guy with an American name. Oh. So the guy we're looking for also has an American name in the game. Yeah, and I'm thinking like the swimmer and water polo thing is throwing me off because it was so long ago. It's like, like what are we talking about? And, and no one I'm landing on has a, a last name that could be a Nuggets first name. That's my main problem that I'm, I'm struggling with. Um, but once you say it, it'll be like, oh, obviously he's Italian. Um, uh, I'm going to feel bad because it'll be very clear to me once you say it, but I have literally no idea. <laughs> Ray? Killing me. I believe in you, Andy. I know. Uh, I, I, I pulled this out of my ass, but I don't know. I don't know the Terrence Hill reference. I don't know any of it. I'm so sorry, Maybe. my history professors. Okay, I, I'm just gonna give give you the the right answer. And this this, by the way, was the hardest question of them all. So Wade getting that one wasn't a great uh, great help for him for his case. Anyway, so the correct answer is. Bud Spencer. Oh, <laughs> Bud Spencer is so. Still don't know who that is. <laughs> Spencer Haywood for sure. Like he is unbelievable. He was like pseudo Jordan esque, but Bud Spencer. Wow. Yeah, I I have to be honest. Bud Spencer and Terence Hill used to be super famous in former Yugoslavia because we loved spaghetti westerns, and these guys made a lot of spaghetti westerns. Together and yeah, and not only that, even even some you know fist fist fighting uh, uh, movies as well, like like great top level Italian cinematography. Okay, let's move to the second question, the like second it. combination, and this one is for Andy. Hopefully, a bit easier than the first one. So, second combination: the first person was an all star while playing for the Nuggets. The second person was born in 1937. No, that that helps a lot. Mm, I think I might have it. Okay. I'm I'm wondering if I should guess now or I should wait because if, if I'm wrong about the second part, it could be somebody else. I don't want to blow it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and gamble because I just feel like if I don't, Wade will win every game. So. Um, I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yes. <Is that> right? <laughs> it's Sir Carmelo. Oh, Anthony. wow. That's that's incredible. I love oh, Anthony Hopkins, and I knew Carmelo Anthony had to be. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great yes. Yeah. That's a great yes. Yeah, I wanted to help you guys more like the first person played at six All-Star games when he wasn't a Nugget for some reason. The second person is an actor that shared the silver screen with such stars like Brad Pitt, Julianne Moore, Tom Cruise, and Idris Elba. And the first person keeps rewriting his tenure on the Nuggets. And the second person played the most famous cannibal in Hollywood history. So, so kudos to you, Andy. That was a great, great uh, show from you. Ray, you need to top this one now. Okay? I do. I, do. I need to step up. <laughs> So third combination, Ray's starting. 
The first person was born in London, England in 1963. The second person is a legend of the Denver Nuggets. Hmm. I think I have the second one, but <laughs> you've got the legend of the Denver Nuggets. I I'm feeling it, yeah, but too big. I'm gonna pass for the first option. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pass as well. I was waiting for the next, <laughs> the next clue. I will. I will also pass. Oh. So you don't know all the people born in London, England in 1963. Okay, okay. Second clue for Ray. The first person's born name is Georgios Kyriakos Panayotu. The second person was an assistant coach for the New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, New Orleans Hornets, and Golden State Warriors. That kind of changes it. I don't know. Hmm. I'm so disappointed, but I have no idea. Wade? Wade? Yeah, the coaching part just threw me all the way off. I thought Assistant I had coaching. it. I mean, I mean, I still don't know who the first person is at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> So it's, a, it's a guy born in England in 1963, but it's has a Greek a, man born in England. Kind of a Greek name, yeah. <laughs> so Andy, I'm gonna pass. Okay, okay. I have an idea of the second one, but I, if I'm wrong, I'll blow the whole thing. So I'm gonna I gamble. think I think Ray is gonna get this one because the third clue is pretty hot. So Ray. Ah, okay. <laughs> the first person appears on the graphics for this very game. The second person is the only Denver Nuggets head coach to coach at the All-Star game more than once. The second... Um... Is it... Wait, what? I'm trying to, like, word arrangement the first person presence graphics for it. this very game. Huh. I should have guessed. The only Denver Nuggets head coach um, to coach at the All-Star game more than once. I feel like it's... Oh my gosh. I think I'm panicking a little bit. <laughs> this is what the game is for. <laughs> I know. I know. How could I do this? Just think about Bud Spencer. I haven't gotten a single one of these right, so don't feel bad. And Terrence Hill. He's got he knows this one though. I think it's tough no, but like maybe he does. I, I mean I think he does. Um but the first person appears in the graphics for this very game. What's up, Uncommon Soul? Shout out while we were thinking. Yeah, how you doing? Okay, I don't want to keep us too long. All Wade, this is this is for you. Wade? Oh, oh, uh, I think I know the this, coach, this is but... a big moment for me. 
I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, George it. Michael Malone. God George it. Michael. George Michael Malone. I was gonna guess it, and then uh, I correct. I totally overthought that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I thought it was gonna be a movie star, so I thought I was in the in an actor world. Yeah, George Michael Malone is is correct. And in this game, we don't have a tiebreaker for this game. So since Wade won the first game, uh, we're gonna let Andy be the champion of the second game. By the way, oh wow, that's not like like, let's like let's include everybody. Like like, you're you're also a winner, Timmy. We're all winners. Yeah, that looks fine. I win. I win other things. That's right. So let's just move to the third and final game for for today. So the game is called which trio had the most combined all-star appearances. I will show you four groups of three guys and you will tell me which combination of all of those has the most combined all-star appearances. We'll start with Andy with the first question. So, first combination is Jokic, Dirk Nowitzki, Peja Stojakovic. The second combination is LeBron James, Manu Ginobili, Marcus Camby. The third combination is Larry Bird, Pogasol, Draymond Green. And the last one, Michael Jordan, Alex English, Lamar Odom. Okay, I'm doing some math here. And I know the answer. I know how like the lead person in most of these scenarios, how many all-star games they've had. Question is the following several. I know how many Alex English had, so that's good there. But like, it's hard to argue with number two math-wise. I mean, but then <laughs> it's like how many how many All Stars did Lamar Odom have? Um, <laughs> number one in our hearts for sure. Um, I, I'm gonna guess. Fuck. Oh wait, because maybe Dirk had a lot. The math of it sucks. All right, I'm gonna go. Oh, actually, the the, the math of it might. Uh, I get to go first, and then they're gonna guess the other ones. Yes, that's right. All right, whoever guessed it first. I'm gonna guess. This is going to be wrong. I'm going to guess number three against my better judgment. Number three is incorrect. Ray, chance. Oh, no, I should go to Wade first because he was a co yeah. co champion. I blew it. Okay. <laughs> Classic. Sorry, Ray. So, number three That's is fine. not the correct I, answer. If I've learned anything about these games, is um, Jokic is typically the preference and. Good year for him to be the answer, so I'm going to go with number one. <laughs> number one is, of course, correct. God damn, what an idiot. I'm so... I fell and, for it. And to be, wow. to be fair, this was, like, dirty close. Jokic, Dirk, and Pejic has 23, uh, okay. so I'm counting tomorrow's game as well. So Jokic has six, Dirk has... Uh, 
Oh, he has he has a lot. He uh, Pedja has three. I think Dirk has, has like twelve six. or fourteen or something. Yeah, yeah Dirk so has So nine. So that's fourteen. Fourteen. English, for, I remember had eight because I Dirk. actually looked because yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. So LeBron has twenty, and Manu has two, and Camby has none. zero. Yeah. And you know, Bird and Jordan also had a bunch. Like both of them had like fourteen or something like that. But you know the That's other close. guys That's combined two twenty two. Yeah, it's it was really close. Now we gonna, go. What were you going to pick, Ray? Just curious. It doesn't Ray. matter. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron yeah. jumps out at you. You're like, oh, LeBron's it got does. twenty. It does. Has oh yeah, twenty. Yeah. It was a trap. Oh well, maybe. I, I was, yeah, a, I was a bit surprised. Al has six and Draymond has four, but that's not. Yeah, good. Manu had only two, and that's actually that's actually wasn't fair. Like Manu. Was yeah, I was gonna say. Did two. Odom have one or zero? Odom had, I believe, zero. I believe zero. I I picked Camby and yeah, Odom like two any. guys with zeros, but with pretty good, you know, resume just as a decoy. Like, well, so, yeah. got like four million, you know, mm. should have some. Okay, it is time for Wade's question. Again, four combinations. Same question. First combination: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, Yao Ming. Combination two: Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson. Three. Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and fourth combination, Elgin Baylor, Charles Barkley, Kobe Bryant. Wow. <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, these are very, very close. Just, just our first thought. Um, yeah, there's there's actually no way to to guess this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like unless yeah, unless I studied all of the All Star appearances prior to this. But I'm gonna go just off my first off my gut. I'm gonna go with number four because Elgin Baylor was a monster when he played, and Charles Barkley had a good career, and Kobe has like like 15 or 16 appearances. I'm gonna go with number yeah. four. Kobe had a lot of appearances, more than 15. Yeah, maybe I'm more. Yeah. Sure of that. Yeah, Elgin Baylor actually had a quite a short career, so that is incorrect. Ah, dang! We're going to Ray now. Okay. Number four is incorrect. Wait, why do we go to Ray next? It's fine. For <laughs> <Where are> the vibes. <laughs> uh, and I think I the am vibes. Going to... You're gonna be second in the in the next. Question. Come on. I'm gonna go with number two. <laughs> number two is correct. Wow. Oh, Tim Duncan, Shaq, and Alan Iverson. 41 appearances. Wow. At the All-Star game. Actually, all of these guys, I believe, are in like top 25 of of uh, most uh, uh, games in the All-Star games. Yeah, but Duncan. I I think Duncan had like 15 or something like that. Shaq had like 14. And Iverson also had a bunch. So, yeah, this this was also very close. 41 for the second combination, 40 for the first and the fourth one, and 39 for the third one. Okay, now we go to Ray, and this time it's a different question. It's not the the number of of games played, uh, All-Star games played. The question is, who combined 
for most free throw attempts in all-star games you're gonna get four combinations of three guys again and all of those i guess 16 guys are in the top 25 of players uh, who attempted the most free throws in all-star games so first combination magic johnson kobe bryant alan iverson second dominique wilkins hakeem olajuwon david robinson third combination is uh, Dolph Shays, uh, Bob Cousy, and Moses Malone. And the uh, fourth combination is George Gervin, Paul Arizin, and Hal Greer. Number three. Incredible! What a win for Ray! What Come back, season! Let's go! <laughs> what a win! And it's not <laughs> particularly close these three guys combined for 168 free throws attempts i have no idea how many they've made of those the, the other combination was dominique hakim and robinson 147 i guess it's because we have two centers there but what's most interesting to me is that magic kobe and iverson combined for so few free throws it's because the games are just not as serious as they used to be. Yeah, it, it, it all makes sense because in, in the '60s and '70s, uh, actually, people's sexiest man alive was free throws. Yeah, <laughs> so that makes sense. America was didn't have computers; they didn't have anything. But man, we loved those free throws. <laughs> So Ray is officially the the MVP of the All Star Game show, but oh my gosh. wow! But before we go it. out, wow. I, made it. I made sure that we get the winner in case there was a three way tie. I I have another question for all of you guys, and it's just you know just for fun because Ray is already the champion. So the question is, and you can scream your answer as soon as you have it. The first one okay. that gets the closest answer wins. The question is, in 1975-76 ABA season, by the way, you were right, Andy, about the 1970 season. It was the Denver Rockets back then. So in 1975-76 ABA season, the Denver Nuggets, that was their name then, had the most all-star players ever. How many players represented the Nuggets that year at the All-Star Game? By the way, it was the ABA All-Star Game. Five. Three. Okay. Wait, so three? And you say four. It's good that we all have different answers. Yeah, three, four, and five. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy that was close, closest was Andy. Eleven (laughs) All-Stars. Yes, they only only know only could remember three of those names. So I'm not sure they had they had more than eleven guys on their roster, man. Like what was that? Byron Beck, Roger Brown, Jimmy Foster, Gus Gerard, Dan Issel, Bobby Jones, Ralph Simpson, (laughs) Claude Terry, David Thompson, Monty Tau, and Chuck Williams. Eleven All Stars. And Jamal can't get in, huh? We'll beat we'll be that next year. <laughs> it was it was also the team that did the most quaaludes all time at the All Star Game. 
Yeah. So uh, I guess I guess Andy won the NBA Cup of today, and Ray won yeah. the championship. So yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. I, I, the season tournament. I mean, we're going to the slots. I'll see you guys at the uh, the Luxor for the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not co- I, I didn't have i didn't perform well enough to go to the after party at excess with dead mouse and drake That's okay guys and any parting thoughts before we before we leave and and i guess wait for the all-star game i'm not gonna not gonna watch. honest honest uh thing to say i've only watched the first Jokic all-star game and then i said f that like i'm not that watching that ever again <laughs> I mean, I did watch some, you know, highlights and stuff like that, but no games. So, any any closing thoughts? Thoughts, Wade? Uh, for me, I'd just say, uh, you know, to, to all the Nuggets fans out there, just keep having fun with the season. You know, I mean, I, I you know, we have the same mindset as the team. It feels like, you know, you win it all, and then you can kind of just, you know, coast through the regular season into the playoffs again. So, um, yeah, just keep having fun. You know, enjoy the moment. You know, this is this is peak Nuggets basketball at the end of the day. Ray, how about you? I would say take this opportunity to, you know, find some inner peace in your life, be with your loved ones, and uh, gird your loins for what is about to be maybe a little bit more of, you know, what's happening. Okay, Andy, I'm not going to let you do the closing thoughts. I'm just going to ask you to say something really random while the, the graphic for the end of the show rolls out. Cool. I think the NBA should do a rock and jock basketball game with terrible stars from music and uh, television shows and give us what we want. Show us Joey Lawrence and Mark Paul Gossler dunking the ball. <laughs>